Welcome to the Steamboat Springs Winter Sports Club Show, a podcast that will make you want to get outdoors and will give you some great ideas as a sport parent, athlete, or coach. Born in the beautiful mountain town of Steamboat Springs, Colorado, the Winter Sports Club was founded over a century ago and now serves well over 1,000 athletes per year and has produced more Winter Olympians than any other club in North America. There are secrets and great stories to share as we play year-round in these mountains we call home. Our calling is to develop complete athletes on and off the mountain by cultivating a passion for the outdoors and a love of sports at all levels. Stay tuned to hear from Olympians, athletes of all ages, coaches, experts, and people who are doing amazing things to make an impact in our community and in their sport. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former professional triathlete who finally discovered the joys of skiing in my late 40s when I moved to Steamboat Springs with my family. We immediately discovered the Steamboat Springs Winter Sports Club, and it's become a huge part of our lives as my husband, Tim DeBoom, is a ski and bike coach, and my daughter, Wilder, has found happiness, friendship, and joy through skiing, jumping, riding, and more. I am thrilled to bring the positive energy of the Winter Sports Club to people all over the world. Thanks for listening. Now let's get started. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. You are in for a fitness treat today. I am here with Sadie Tobin, the Director of Strength and Conditioning for the club. Sadie, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Well, okay, so before we dive in and get down and dirty on what many of us, me included, consider to be the most important part of being an athlete, your fitness foundation, I need to learn a little bit more about your background. I think we need to know that you're a real person and not just a robot coach bossing these kids around. So let's let's share some of that good stuff. Yeah, well, thank you. I... Went to school for exercise science at the University of Maine, but I grew up playing athletics my whole life. So, um, and my dad was a great influence on that. And what kind of sports did you grow up playing? Yeah, I grew up playing soccer, hockey, and lacrosse. So all team sports. Um, But I could cross country ski out my back door. I grew up in upstate New York. um, So I was familiar with ski jumps and um, bobsled and all those crazy sports you see everyone doing now. But yeah, those were the three I played growing up. Wow. And you said your dad was a big influence. How, tell me about that. Yeah. My dad was actually an all American baseball player, but now he's still one of the most fit people I know in terms of just general fitness and staying healthy. He's 68 years old and we just went biking over in Tarhee and he was a big influence on just, just the maintenance and it's one thing you can control over a lot of things, I think, is being prepared when you go to try out for teams or show up for practice. So that was one piece I always just took to heart. And yeah, he's pretty impactful. I mean, and impressive, you know, I mean, not many people have parents who hit the big time, the pro leagues, you know. (laughs) So that's pretty impressive. Did that put any extra pressure on you to be a high performing athlete? No, my my dad would probably never introduce himself that way. So it was, 
it wasn't a, a pressure at all. It was just the love of the sport, you know, or sport in general, I think, for my family. So that was really just growing up knowing kind of I had the ability to do anything. I grew up canoeing and skiing out the back door with them. So I was just exposed. I was lucky to be exposed to a lot of different things while I was young. Gosh, that's so cool. Um, it sounds like you just had an open mind when it came to sports. So when you got to college, uh, what led you into the area of you know, exercise science? Yeah. Um, so I played Division One soccer at the University of Maine. And once I was there, you see a lot of people come in with injuries or people getting hurt. And that was one piece I really, if I could learn to take care of my own body, you know, it would help me in my sport specifically. And I just fell in love with that could be a degree and it could be a a way of life. So kind of channeled that. Okay. I also think that's really cool because I know a lot of people and I'm going to just admit that I'm included in this group that pick a major in college and still have no idea what they really want to do and don't necessarily have a lot of passion for it. So I think it's really cool that that hit for you fairly young. Yeah, I think I I was lucky. I didn't realize it was going to be something I used. I thought maybe it would be a stepping stone being in exercise science. Um, we had a choice to do exercise science with a minor in science, which I felt was a little more labby at that point and go on and get your master's and do research and things along that route. Um, and I actually got my minor in business administration. So learning how to kind of tie the two together in the fitness industry, I've worked everywhere from private personal training, youth performance to hockey camp, soccer camps, and yeah, schools, And everywhere in between. You know, that's so fun. You use the word labby. And I'm like, okay, so the people who gravitate to labby professions don't necessarily have the drive or innate ability maybe to communicate with others well or to to really need that connection. You gravitated in a different direction. Um, And it sounds like you're using all of your skills here, which is so cool. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I think one of the the things I struggle with the most is when I don't have enough time with the kids. And as you, part of my job here, writing programs and educating coaches and working with coaches along that route and facility maintenance and things like that, I always have to get my fix in with being hands-on with the kids. And that definitely helped drive my career path on what keeps me happy and learning. Well, and I think it's super important for especially the parents listening who are like, gosh, how are my kids like being handled out there? They just like get given a program and then the coaches walk away. I mean, it's really cool for them to know that you're actually hands on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a trickle down too. So there's a lot of different, there's, you know, the disciplines that are here working with them and understanding I can't be with every discipline all the time, but we're empowering the coaches and the education and working with those coaches myself to develop those programs on what's necessary for those kids, for that sport, if it's necessary, and then for the appropriate age. Oh, I love it. That No, that's okay. We're going to get into these, yeah. this you know level of nuts and bolts in a second. Um, I want to understand how you went from, you said upstate New York, then you went to college in Maine. I mean, you definitely experienced a lot of snow growing up. And then how the heck did you come to Steamboat? How did you find this beautiful place? Yeah, um, I got I got pretty lucky, I think. Um, I definitely love the outdoors. That is a big driving factor. Um, 
I was in Denver for about almost seven years and working at a youth sports performance facility. And then I also was at a school for a little while, um, Kent Denver as strength and conditioning coach down there. But I found Steamboat from coaching hockey, a youth hockey organization called the Rocky Mountain Hockey Schools. So I traveled with them from Juneau, Alaska, McCall, Idaho, all over Missoula, Montana, down to New Mexico. Steamboat was a stopping point. And ironically, I call it the Western version of Lake Placid because it has ski jumps too. And there's very few places. So it's a, a mini slice of home out here and the outdoors industry is absolutely beautiful here. So I tried to give it a chance. You were like, I'm not going back East. I'm, I'm spreading my wings flying and here we go. That's so cool. You know, and it, what's really great is that sports brought you here. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I think that'll be a continuing um, path in my life, regardless of where I go is, you know, sport in general, but the connection to the outdoors as well. It's very important to me. So once you got here, how'd you find the winter sports club? Yeah, I just went to the gym and harassed Dave Zink. You know, he was here before me (laughs) and it was really great. Um, I actually just started looking. I I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew I had some connection, whether that's through soccer or hockey or lacrosse. Um, You know, I came here looking to have an impact on the youth and it was just perfect timing. I actually came down to the gym and talked to Dave Zink and just asked, I said, Hey, I'll be moving to town. Here's kind of my skill set, And if you guys are ever looking for anything, um, and it just worked out perfect timing. Dave was ready to move on from his position and I was lucky enough to step into a, a great place. Timing truly is everything. I completely agree. Oh, I love that. Okay. So with this skill set, I mean, you definitely could also be guiding adult athletes. And I'm sure you have at some point, or I'm assuming you have, like, can you talk a little bit about why kids athletic development has really, you know, that you've gravitated to that age group? Yeah. I mean, I love that they are, they're so eager to learn. Well, not all the time, but most of them are so (laughs) eager to learn. Um, And you can see not only physical, but mental obstacles overcome as well. So I, I love that side of it. And when you spend time with a kid throughout their development, it's really powerful to see, you know, where they start and where they end up. And working with kids is, it challenges, you know, the coach all the time because you're not sure what you're going to get. Hormones are a wonderful thing (laughs) and you have a lot of different days, but at the end of the day, you have a major impact on how these kids, I think, approach. And my selfish belief is fitness is so important regardless of what they end up doing. If they can go on and take care of themselves when they walk into a gym or go for a hike, then I think that's really powerful, both physically and mentally. So the the youth aspect of it is um, they're fun. I I like kids too. They're they're quirky. They're funny, and um, they still think I'm funny. So that's a nice bonus. <laughs> You're just like a big kid to them. Exactly. Um, well, let's uh, let's kind of move on to what you do with the Winter Sports Club. Um, what would you say your fitness or conditioning philosophy is? Yeah, so I believe in in instilling self confidence in athletes to lead healthy lifestyles. My fit my philosophy's changed over the years, which I think is it should. 
Um, and with that, an understanding of what's the overall big picture on my approach to kids. Um, and I want to provide a community of inclusion, progress, and respect while they can still have fun. And I've realized not every environment in this industry always promotes those pieces. So if we can have that at a really young age here at the sports club, then I think that, you know, we're all doing a really good job. So, and I think I want athletes to be able to show up as themselves and be able to know that that's okay, but we're going to push them to be the best that they can be. And so we respect who they are when they walk in the door and, but we're going to challenge them to become even better. I, I love all of this. Um, the, one of the first things you said is that your philosophy is changing. And I just sort of wrote down change is good. And it makes me think about when, you know, when I was a high school athlete, we did dry land for swimming and we did these sit-ups and sometimes you had a partner and you would lay on the floor and like hold their ankles oh, and yeah. you <laughs> put your legs in the air and they'd slam them down to the floor and we did push-ups and we did dips and we did some pull-ups like that was kind of it we didn't have much more to it and I look around today and I know that things have changed dramatically but I honestly believe that some coaches out there don't change and don't move with the times and don't keep updated. And I think that's sort of, uh, that does a disservice to the athletes that go through their programs. So can you talk a little bit about the challenges of change in your area? Yes, that's a, a great way to, to look at things. And, you know, the age old, I think, thorn for every coach can be, this is the way it's always been done. And I really think that especially in a science world, everything is always changing and learning different age groups makes a big difference, different training ages, how long kids have been training for. And so I think that change, you have to be open-minded. You know, you really have to embrace that just because you learned something 10 years ago doesn't mean it's the same today. And that's everything from technique on the hill with these athletes and coaches. So if we can relate it to that and how sports and equipment and the evolution of sport has changed, it's the same thing for strength and conditioning. So really just embracing that, you know, it's not this my way or the highway. And I try to be open and learn from the other coaches as well, what they have done in the past and, and bring that into a new light for maybe a specific age or a specific sport or specific age development. Um, it's, I think that part is fun because it's never the same. It's going to always continue to evolve and change. Um, you talk a little bit here about age appropriateness. So at what age do we start infusing this concept of conditioning into chi children athletes? Yeah, um, I would say as soon as possible. I, I think, but really making sure that environment is a fun and safe environment one of the pieces I've struggled with in the past is we get athletes as they develop that push-ups and running and sit-ups are punishment in some way and really trying to change that culture that you don't, I use this term a lot, you don't have to, you get to, right? How powerful can you be with how many push-ups can you do? Not you're doing 10 push-ups because you're late, right? So I, I think changing that mentality and it happens. We're lucky here in Steamboat that everyone is very active to begin with. Um, but really making sure that that 
piece in a child's brain is that they get to do this and they are powerful and they are strong, not that it's punishment because they didn't do something else correctly. Oh, I love that. I mean, I hear this from a lot of adult athletes who found, say, running as 40-year-olds. And they're like, yeah, I never ran except for in gym class when it was punishment. And I never liked running. I thought I hated running. And then here they are decades later needing a release or an outlet for something. And they find running and they're like, oh, I don't hate it. It's not punishment. Yeah. So I think that's so important. Um, it, it, I'll tell you a funny story. So my daughter Wilder's 10 and it's been fun to watch her body awareness as she gets older. Cause you know, you look at these six, seven, eight year olds and they try to do a push up, but they're not really push ups. Their bodies are doing weird things. You don't like, I'm like, what's going on here? Um, but at one point in the last year, Wilder learned how to do a real plank, a good plank. And because she's got this great strength to weight ratio still, she literally did, I think, a 26-minute plank. I am not kidding. (laughs) She's probably told you this already. Um, And I saw that it sparked this new level of confidence, and she actually looked forward to the plank challenge. And it just made my heart sing. So maybe you could talk a little bit about something you mentioned also in your philosophy, which is confidence. And maybe, maybe it's even tied into the body awareness that I I mentioned. I think maybe I'll touch on the body awareness piece first. I, and when I speak to the fact of age appropriate is the understanding that these kids are developing at all different rates at all different times. So that's a fun challenge. You can have a kid who's four foot tall and six feet tall in the same grade, in the same sport, in the same conditioning class. And working with those um, is a challenge. And it's, it's really great to be able to see and meet these athletes where they're at and understand just because one person is doing something is you're not on that same path, right? Your path is the one that's right for you. And so I think that then bleeds into the confidence. So understanding you're not comparing yourself to everyone else around you, especially through those ages of development. Unfortunately, social media um, doesn't help, I think, in playing with that. But this is an area where we can really try to combat what they're seeing through social media and say, this is your journey. These are your goals, and this is why this is right for you. Um, and so that confidence, without comparing themselves to their peers, then building an area where everyone can help push each other and understanding one push-up for one kid is an absolute major accomplishment. And 50 push-ups for another kid is an absolute accomplishment as well. So understanding those grounds on how it's you know, different for everybody and, and that building of confidence. And one of my goals here for our older athletes is when they leave and go beyond the Winter Sports Club is to just have confidence wherever they go, right? And so with that, being able to walk into a college strength center and maybe not have a plan, but know what to do and just really be confident and saying, you know what, I'm going to try this today and not feel embarrassed if it doesn't work and just that environment of confidence, but the self-confidence as well. You know, I love this. One of the things that crossed my mind was that strength and conditioning is so personal. 
And yet here you are, you're going to have a group of like 15 or 20 kids sometimes, and they're clearly not all on the same level. And I was like, well, gosh, is there even the capability? Can't, do you even have the ability to customize a program? for these specific kids who need, who have those differences you just talked about. Yeah, I think we keep our programming. We use a, a program called Train Heroic, at least for our older athletes. And with that, you have the capability to work through progressions. So one athlete, you're still doing a lot of times the same movement patterns, but along that progression. So if one athlete is doing a, you know, kettlebell deadlift but another athlete could be doing a barbell deadlift so they're still being able to progress the same muscles the same movement patterns but for what's developmentally appropriate a lot of the athletes by that time were hoping they've taken fundamentals of strength and conditioning which is a program that just exposes these athletes on what what is a barbell (laughs) what is a dumbbell how to move and how to use it so we're hoping you know, the individualization is not as much because we're also focusing on that team environment. So you're a team environment where people are training with slight variations, I think is our, our goal for this. And beyond that, you can always, I think the biggest place you can make those individual adjustments are in warmups, in mobility, in little tweaks and patterns that happen like... <laughs> in the moment of training. So having the knowledge and our coaches to have the knowledge when they see something to say, hey, I'm gonna transfer you to a dumbbell right now. And the athlete understands that's not a punishment, it's just a base on function and mobility or something's not looking right. We wanna get to the root of the problem first before we add a massive amount of weight and they end up hurting themselves. So that individualization can come in really small areas but can have a really big impact. Yes. Yes, I love that. You know, it's it's also sort of, uh, I think maybe this is backing into the, the bigger point, but this is the Winter Sports Club. We develop athletes who ski and snowboard and jump and do all kinds of cool winter sports. Why do we even need to do the training outside of the sport? Yeah, um, well, a massive piece of that, I think, you know, started with injury prevention and seeing and understanding if you're injured, (laughs) you're not doing your sport to the best of your ability. So if you start with that, how can I keep myself, you know, in the best shape possible to be able to perform at my best? And if you start there and you look, well, I can become stronger. And you're, a lot of these athletes, half the year maybe are actually on snow. So what are you doing the rest of that time? And it definitely depends on, obviously, age. Youth development, ride a bike, go to tramps, do multi-sport activities, learn how your body moves in space. And then as you become more specialized or, you know, maybe more serious or more competitive, how then does the other six to eight months of the year play towards your development of the sport? So that's been an interesting shift in the culture overall. You know, we have the luxury of having sports who have done it forever, Alpine, for instance, right, and Jump Nordic combined, but now snowboard and free ski and skimo and telemark and cycling and all these sports where they're kind of catching on saying, oh, I can go into the season now at the best of my ability, 
preseason is almost erased in some sense of that old, we need to get into shape now. You go into your season and your sport ready to work on your technique and, and kind of hit the ground running. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do understand that philosophy of like performing yourself into shape, but um, I think you can have a leg up and you can perform at a higher level all season. You, you mentioned in injury prevention at the very beginning. I mean, that's one thing where, you know, hopefully we're setting up these athletes for a lifelong base of fitness and conditioning and, and feeling comfortable in a fitness environment, in a weight room, in a gym, whatever, kind of knowing what they can do and what they can try. And, um, how, how common is it for young kids to get injuries? Yeah. Um, I think it's been interesting. Maybe the way I'll start to answer this question is we started an injured athlete program for that reason. And I don't know if you've spoken to Forrest um, Pekka yet, but he has been a phenomenal piece in that. And injuries are going to happen, right? And whether it's because they tripped and fell down a stair, you know, on their own and they're, it's a clumsy kid, or is it, you know, they hit a rut skiing and the high G forces sent them out of their bindings and there goes an ACL, something like that. You know, I think normalizing injury is really important that it's going to happen and that when it does happen, setting them up for the best environment to come back. So that's been a big focus of ours, you know, within the last year and a half and working with Luke Brosterhouse on the mental aspect of that, the mindset of how it's not a negative to become injured and you have that separation from your team. So we're really trying to bring the holistic approach of your care team between your doctor, between your mindset performance, between your AT and your PT and your strength and conditioning and say, we, we have you, you're going to be back. You're not lost in our system anymore. Um, because a lot of kids, their identity is this sport. And so not losing that and maintaining that. So injuries are going to happen. And our goal is to just make sure the recovery process is as smooth as possible, as fast as possible and as healthy as possible. Yeah. Yes. You know, it also crossed my mind that, I mean, these are kids and hormones are starting to rage. I mean, by the time they're 10, there's already like, whoa, they're moody today. Something's going on, you know. So you add that layer to all of this. Um, I mean, I love that you brought up the mental side and the mindset. Is there anything you do around literally just the fact that these are kids who are in puberty going through all of those different growing pains, both physically and emotionally during this time. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is understanding that strength and conditioning and training, it's not a silo. It's all of this is inter intertwines because if they're having a tough day at school, it's going to affect everything else that's going on in their life. You know, they're not going to show up and, and perform maybe the way you thought they were. So looking at the mindset and, and connecting with these kids, it's really about understanding who that kid is as a person, you know, and really understanding they might be off that day and they just might need to ride on a bike and talk to you. So being able to change and adapt to what that kid needs is, I think, really, really important to recognize. It takes a lot of effort, but it could be the thing that actually makes a difference. 
I'm just going to throw this out there. I think you are a huge asset to this club. The fact that you yourself were an athlete, you went through all these different things. Um, you understand the sport and, and you understand the kid's mindset. I mean, my best coaches in my athletic life always somehow just knew what I needed before I even knew I needed it. I might be frustrated and instead of throwing another hard set my way, they'd say, grab a kickboard and do this. It's just those little tiny things that can make all the difference to kids. So I am so grateful that you're here, Sadie. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's been a, a long journey to learn, but you you realize that it's the little pieces. I had um, some interns for the past two years, and I said, if you learn anything, learn one other thing about every athlete you have in here. It doesn't matter what it is, but just learn something else about them besides what sport they play and what time they show up. Oh, that is great. And that actually is a great piece of advice, I think, for any of us parents um, who are out there trying to guide our kids. So actually, here's a here's a question on behalf of all the parents out there. How can we best support our kids with their fitness base? What can we do? I would say first and foremost, make it fun and and have a purpose. You know, we always look at the why. Why are we doing this? And I think if the why can be to go on a family hike and have fun, right? And it's still a great physical activity. The why can be, you know, do you remember last season when you were just frustrated because you couldn't ski all day and you wanted to go with your cousins all day long? So having the why I think is really important, but also generating that internal fire if you can with you know, with your young ones and saying, giving them small challenges and tasks they can complete. And they might not even know why they're, you know, why they're necessarily jumping up a ladder or down a ladder, but you can look at that, those small progressions as confidence, as wins and start there, keep it fun. You know, I think the moment we try to really push, we need to train today. It just, it gets a negative connotation until you know until you can bridge that gap of training can be fun training can have a purpose and really progressing on how you talk about that training potentially as a household or a family you know we often say let's go play on the mountain why don't we just go play in the weight room <laughs> yeah no i i agree and i think you know having kids try things you know expose them to different things that that might click that might spark a fire and then I think keeping that in mind of saying, hey, I know you love to mountain bike. You could mountain bike. You know, what about taking this a little bit to the next level so either you don't get hurt or you can, you know, see see what you got, you know, kind of push those boundaries a little bit more once the passion is there. Yes, that's the key. Because a lot of kids are not very competitive until they're competitive. And I know that this can be a frustration for parents who are like just waiting for the passion to show its head and go, why am I like putting my kid in all these programs and paying all this money to do all this stuff? And they don't even seem to really care. And then all of a sudden one day they're like, this is their life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. OK. Um, couple quick questions as we roll down here. What are the most common questions or concerns you get from kid athletes? Oh, boy. From kid athletes. Um, the newest one I'd say in the last five years is, well, I saw this on Instagram. 
Um, <laughs> like questioning you, like, why aren't we doing this? I saw this on Instagram. Yes. Or, um, you know, they're, they're, I, I'd say this is from, you know, the teenage age. Um, and I love that they're, that they're curious about it. I love that they're questioning their own, you know, not questioning in a bad way, but considering why, again, the why they're doing these things. So I like that part of it. I, it, it does make me nervous on what they're following and who they're seeing and, and those aspects all around. Um, so that's a tough one I've had lately, but I've, I've realized navigating back to what sport that athlete is in at that age and trusting the process and why they're doing things. I think it's just a great conversation to have with kids in general. So I've tried to use that as a learning tool for myself. Um, and sometimes they actually have great little pieces, you know, they want to add and I'll say, Hey, actually, that's a great idea. Why don't you lead that with your team? And so that they think that's pretty cool. Honestly, that is the coolest thing I've heard. I know so many coaches whose egos are disproportionately blown out and um, they would never consider using an Instagrammer's extra special fitness move to add to their routine. And I think that's just really cool. I'm sure it um, garners more respect from the kids that some things you're like, no, not going to work. That's a, you know, a professional synchronized swimmer (laughs) that's not gonna work for you but um some things might so again it goes back to change change is good and if it's not gonna hurt them you know a lot of times it's a fancy new core move you know or a balance drill or something like that and if it's not gonna hurt them and they have fun doing it and they've done you know the meat and potatoes of their strength and workout already then that's awesome go for it yeah exactly (laughs) Um, okay. So what are some of the most common questions or concerns you get from parents? I think a big one is, is when you asked earlier is when, when should my kid get started and is this safe for my child? You know, and I think those are very valid concerns and and questions. And, um, you know, I like to, I like to look at approaching parents and understanding that, you know, their concern is about their kid. So if it's, if it's from their kid, I think having a real direct answer of knowing the sport that their kid plays and understanding, you know, they want the best interest. But the biggest questions I have and try to talk to those parents about is the safety and just really trusting your coach in the hands that they're in. You know, here, I believe at Winter Sports Club, we put a lot of effort into the coaches that will be with your kid. So ask, ask questions as a parent, you know, if you're not sure about something, um, talk to the coaches, talk to myself. I love being an open book for, you know, questions on when my kids should start training, how much weight should they use. And I really think that kid is going to actually kind of guide those answers and, and be, they're going to be able to, you know, (laughs) I guess one thing to look at is, you know, they say, well, for plyometrics, you shouldn't be able to do anything until you can squat two times your body weight. But you ever watch kids jump off monkey bars or fences and balance and jump and run? You have to take the, the world context, you know, with that as well. So, you know, what's appropriate, I think is really age specific. Um, but a kid's going to learn on their own and we're not going to put a kid in a situation that they're going to, 
injure themselves because of too much weight or the program that, that we have. Yeah, I think that's a, a great perspective. Do you have any kids who have graduated, you know, the program left Steamboat and have reached out to you and said, like, I'm still doing X, Y, or Z? <laughs> yeah. Um, we actually get a lot of crossover, I think, in the past couple of years with CMC right here. Um, uh, Mary-Kate Hackworthy is a great example. She was in our program here as a PG Um and she actually interned for me and came back and worked for me this summer and also is uh, taking her last year and skiing at CMC. And she she's a special case, but looking at just, she, did, she wasn't quite sure if she could have a degree in this and how it all worked. And that's been a really fun, I think, mentorship um, to have her around. But we also get a lot of athletes who come back um, and train when they're at DU or CU or wherever they're training. You know, we're lucky enough to have people on the national team that come and train still. So that crossover for our athletes to see those athletes here training in the summer, um, I think is really powerful. And I've only been here this, I believe, will be my third year, maybe my fourth. I can't remember. But um not so much that we've seen them progress from like a fun fit all the way through, but I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, it's going to happen. Well, Sadie, it's been an absolute blast. I am so psyched that you are leading the charge here. I am going to wrap with the final question that we ask every guest who comes on the show. And that is, what is the greatest lesson you have learned through sport? The greatest lesson I've learned through sport would be to never give up. And that can go a lot of different ways for different people, but um, I think it's the small pieces. So those little small wins when you don't give up and you can keep going um, that compile and make a big difference. Perfect, I agree. The small wins, we gotta take them and we gotta appreciate them. Sadie, thank you, you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Steamboat Springs Winter Sports Club show. Check out our winter and summer programs at sswsc.org. If you have a special topic or guest you want featured, we'd love to hear from you. Now get out there and support, lead, or be a champion on or off the mountain.